Well, good morning. I don't know if you were with us five minutes before service. We had some popping and sparks that were happening up here in this general direction. I think we have it solved. I'm just going to... But just in case, uh, I just want to tell you a short story. Christmas, uh, a few years ago in my family, we tell this every year. I hate the story, but I kind of like it. Uh, My brother-in-law and I were in the kitchen, and this Coke uh, was shaken and fell to the ground. And suddenly, the top comes off, and it's like a whoosh all around the kitchen, okay? And it's just, it's just everywhere, shooting up Coke everywhere. My brother-in-law, like a good soldier, jumps on top of it, okay? Protecting everyone in the family. <laughs> I ran to the laundry room. Uh, I was like, I'm not getting that on sticky. So anyone in this area, if that starts to happen, I'm not the guy to jump and save you this morning, okay? History would prove. Well, hopefully, uh, oh, Forgot uh, Turkey Bowl a couple weeks ago was amazing. You guys have been uh, quite uh, generous. Um, we gave a lot of great thanks uh, to Cam uh, for uh, Cypress Assistance Ministry for uh, Thanksgiving. Pastor Geraldo actually won the Turkey Bowl this year. Yep. Yep. He is the Turkey Bowl champ, and so I'll present him uh, the trophy uh, this afternoon in the Spanish Ministry Service. Pastor Jen actually was in last place. So you will see her with a scarf, a green uh, scarf on this morning. I didn't lose. Thank you so much. Let's be honest. That's the important thing of this whole thing is that I didn't lose. I don't have to win. I just don't have to lose. But uh, hopefully uh, you've had a great Thanksgiving. You're getting ready for Christmas. You're excited. We're excited. Uh, Cool things, devotionals this week. I hope you've been reading them on Facebook. Uh, Amazing writers, amazing amazing artists in our our community. And hopefully you've been getting on there. If you haven't yet, jump on Facebook, sign up for the emails. Uh, You can write it on your little card this morning, and you'll start to get those in your your e-box or your email your inbox, and uh, find out about the iBook. If you're like me and you don't have a clue how to get one of those, today is the day to find that out, okay? We'll find out how to get those and, and get that free book, and uh, what a great resource. And what we want to do really this season is this, is to lean into God's Word, that He would speak new and fresh to each one of us. That's our hope. That's our desire, that this season, that God would speak in a brand new way uh, to you. Because we believe that God's word is living and active. That if you look through the, the word of God and you begin to consume it, it does something inside of us. And this morning we're going to take a journey. And I hope that you have your, your Bible with you this morning. If you don't, it's okay. If you have it on your phone, that's good too. If you want to mark down some scriptures, that's good. There's some Bibles and, and some chairs. But we're going to take a little journey this morning around Scripture because it is powerful. And there's a, symmetric, uh, there's a symmetric activity happening between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And oftentimes we see those as two different things, but it's, it's really very congruent. And so several places you're going to just get right off the bat here, okay? Our main text is going to be Matthew 3. Matthew 3, so you're going to go there, but put your finger in that spot if you have a, an actual, a Bible, physical Bible with us this morning. And I want you to go to 2 Kings, okay? So you're in Matthew 3, put your finger there, and then 2 Kings. And we're going to see some cool things this morning in Scripture. Are you there? 2 Kings chapter 1. And we're going to read and start with verse 5. And it says this. By the way, 2 Kings, awesome book. It's the book where Elijah with an S, uh, some teenagers uh, call, down, uh, call him Baldy Baldy, and uh, it, this happens. 
teenagers say, bald man, bald man, and Elijah gets so mad, he calls bears out of the woods, and they maul the teenagers. It's in there, like two chapters over, I promise. If you get bored, hey, head over there and check it out. All right, but this is Elijah with a J, and uh, 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 5 says this, when the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, why have you returned so soon? They replied, a man came up to us and told us to go back to the king and give him this message. This is what the Lord says. There, is there no God in Israel? Why are you sending men to Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether you will recover? Therefore, because you have done this, you will never leave the bed you are lying on. You will surely die. And the king asked, what sort of man was he? What did he look like? And what was the answer? He was a hairy man. You got to say it like, he was a hairy man. And he wore a what? A leather belt around his waist. His name was Elijah. Now, you got that part, okay? Now, we're going to head over to the Italian prophet, Malachi. Uh, is the last book in the Old Testament. If you have to look it up, it's right before Matthew. Go to Malachi. Chapter 3, you got it. Right before you get to the New Testament. Malachi chapter 3, what does it say? Let's start with uh, verse 1. Look, I am sending my messenger, a messenger from God, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Got us? Prepare the way. Hairy man. This Elijah. All right? Four. Go to, to chapter four of Malachi, verses, verse five and six. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. He, his preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. Now, if you have a Bible in your hand, there is just, I have just one little page. Okay, you've got that, Old Testament to New Testament, that one page. You might have maps in there, maybe. Uh, but here's that page. Now, this one little page, it represents 400 years of silence. Okay, Malachi, the prophet, he speaks of this prophet, this, Eli, this hairy guy that's coming, all right, this Elijah-like person. One page, there was silence for 400 years. And then we have the book of Matthew. And we turn over to, to, to chapter 3. And what do we have in chapter 3 of Matthew? In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness, and he began preaching. His message was this, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Does this sound familiar? The Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from the coarse camel hair. And he wore a what? A leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all over Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And they confessed their sins. He baptized them in the Jordan River. But when he saw uh, many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them, you brood of snakes. It's a good one to call your friends if you don't like them, you brood of snakes. 
Who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turn to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe or we're descendants of Abraham. That means diddly squats. For I tell you, God can create uh, children of Abraham from these stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to serve to sever the roots of the tree. Yes, every tree does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I, so much greater than, than I am not worthy even to, to be a slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The return of the hairy man. He's back and he tells us a message today. But I'm not sure if everybody can hear it. And quite honestly, I don't even know if I can hear it today. I, I, I love, the last few years, I've started to like advertising and kind of the ins and outs that go into advertising and commercials and things like that. And uh, if you know a little bit about it, there's obviously there's things called uh, target audience. You're trying to target a certain audience when you're advertising. And there's uh, demographics and, and things like that. And uh, we, we know this is true because we look at even restaurants we go to. When we see there's a certain demographic that restaurants are trying to, to hit. When I go into Freebirds, it's my favorite uh, burrito place in Houston, I feel like I need to get a tattoo somewhere and have gauges in some way. Uh, yes, I, it, there's just like, man, you just know. I, I'm sorry, I'm never going to go to La Mada, Madeline. Is that the... I just feel like that it just is just saying you have to be uh, a girl to go there. I don't know. <laughs> or you have to say French words, and all I know is wee oui, wee. Oui. And... Uh, I just don't think I can, I can go and handle that. There's other places like this. Uh, if you're a person in the demographic that likes to pull your hair out, Chuck E. Cheese is for you. Uh, that hits right there. Or if you, I just don't get this, if you like to pay $13 for a salad, you can go to Salada. Uh, that's just not, that's, that's not me. That's not, I'm not in that, that demographic. But we know that advertising, it hits certain uh, ages, groups, and different things. You can see this with the commercials that we see on TV, right? Uh, any guesses? Let's check out this uh, Dr. Pepper 10 commercial. Maybe you've seen this on TV before. We're, we're broken down into demographics in this room. We could go age, we could go gender, we could go likes, dislikes. Uh, one way we could break it down, and I, this is a debate in my house, stocking. Do you open them before or after the presence. It's very important. Turn to your neighbor, tell them before, after, what is the appropriate right thing to do before or after presence? Then I will tell you the right answer. Before or after. All right. How many say, how many say before presence? Before, are you serious? Where are you guys from? Like communist lands? Stockings or after presents? Yes. 
No, you open your presents, okay? And then you're like, oh no, all the presents are gone. And then you go to breakfast and then you look at each other and wait, there's stockings still! You can't convince me. You can't convince me. We're just in two different groups, okay, folks? I'm just shocked that I'm the only. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. Thank you. Man. Wow. Well, try it this year. If you try this year, you'll never go back, I promise, okay? <laughs> Commercials. They, they hit different places. We see that. I'm just going to tell you, teenage guys, that this is just a word of advice. Just because you put acts all over your body does not mean that girls will flock from everywhere, okay? Won't happen. In fact, I'm just going to get this if you hear nothing else today. Hopefully you hear the word of God. But Axe smells terrible, okay? It smells terrible. Thank you. And there's no substitution for a so- shower, okay, junior high guys, if you're, it's a good thing. Now, as I've thought about this this week, and I thought about these different demographics and different groups and ways that kind of we're, we're there, uh, I, I, there's, there's a group of people that are different than the stocking people and the present people. They're the group that's most coveted by advertisers. Advertisers will say this. This is the group that we, we, actually one person said, we drool over this group. We drool over this group. It's the most coveted age group, 18 to what? 34. 18 to 34. All right, now, some are saying it's a little different now because 18 to 24, they live with their parents now, and so it's kind of narrowed uh, that gap a little bit, but 24 to 34, 18 to 34, breaks my heart, I am not in that group any longer. I'm not there anymore. It just kind of hit me this week that I'm, I'm not in that prime group uh, of where advertisers are looking for. Now, why is this so important for shows and things like that? Because a show is targeted to a certain demographic, so that advertisers will spend money for commercials. The more that somebody watches a show, the more uh, advertisers they, have, they, can, they can charge, the, the, the stations can charge. That's why the Super Bowls are, are huge, because the most people are watching. Now, why is that age group so important? Uh, it's because a guy named Lyle Schwartz says it this way. He's the head of marketing at Media Eagle, an, an ad placement company. The younger audience is worth more because the older population is seen as brand loyal. It's harder to get them to change their purchasing habits. Like once you're locked in into your, the way you kind of purchase, you're kind of locked in there, and they know that. Now, I was getting sad, and then I realized that this is probably pretty true for myself. As I think about some of the things that I, I do, and I'm getting into ruts and patterns in my life of buying the same things or doing certain things the right way, I always see stockings, but other things like uh, deodorants and other things that I just, I don't even consider other things. This is, this is the right way. This is the right pattern. This is the right thing for me. Uh, and it's even bleed, bled into other areas of my life. My dad, this is, I'm going to share something embarrassing, but I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, my dad, when I was a kid, like he told us one day that he hadn't been to the dentist in four, like 20 years, okay? All right. I am now 36 years old, and I have not been to the dentist since I was on my parents' insurance when I was 21 years old. I know. I know, moms. I know. I know everyone. I'm going to now do this. All right? I know I need to go 
but I've just, got, I've just gotten sucked into this. I don't like the doctors. I don't like dentists. And you're kind of in this place of like, I know, I know, you're already judging me, and that's okay. That's okay. Somebody in this room can probably beat me on that. And I'm from Alabama. What do you expect? <laughs> but there's these patterns. Now, I, I kind of think that, that uh, John, the messenger today, there's some groups of people he's talking to. There's some demos that he's talking to. And his message here in the wilderness, it, it doesn't hit home with everyone. It doesn't. And honestly, I don't think it hits home with everyone in this room. And I don't know if it hits home with me today. Now, a couple of groups that are, are there. Uh, well, first, let's just all, all uh, you know, just, just get it all on the table. Don't be fooled by John, okay? We, we, we heard the beard. We heard uh, that he's the bearded man. And he just seems like a kind of a cool guy. I mean, beards are in, folks. I don't know how. When did that start? Uh, I don't think it was the Duck Dynasty guys, but... When did the beard thing become so cool? I think it was four or five years ago. But John, he was kind of a, a trendsetter, if you will. He would just kind of seem like the kind of guy that we would hang out with. In fact, locusts and honey, he, eat, he eats locusts and honey. 80% of the world now eats insects. Did you know that? In fact, there are restaurants in the United States that it's becoming like very posh restaurants. Grasshoppers are now on the menu in a lot of places. He was a trendsetter. But don't be fooled by this trendsetter, okay? This bearded man. Because I don't think that we would like John that much. John is the judgmental guy. He's the guy that is preaching, like, uh, you know, pretty tough stuff. In fact, I was, I was playing golf with this guy a couple of weeks ago, and we started to talk about church. This guy I, don't know, I, I just really met. And uh, he starts talking about, you know, just why I didn't go to church so much. I go every now and then. But the pastor there, he preaches about hell and, and, and fire and judgment and all this stuff. That's kind of who John is. He preaches that way. And I think as much as kind of the outside, he kind of seems like this cool guy. I don't, I don't think that we'd like him. I don't think we'd like him at all. And then we look at these audiences that he's, he's talking to. First of all, they, they said the Pharisees. Now, we hear the word Pharisees, we think immediately like Darth Vader music, okay? These are like the bad guys. But I kind of think we'd like the Pharisees, especially those people that grew up in the church, like me, that, uh, you know, they just, they just love the rules, and rule followers. And, and they're really their belief was, you know what, if we could just be more moral, if we could be more moral as a country, as a people, things would be so much better. I mean, if we could just put the Ten Commandments every single place, Everywhere, things would be better. Things would be better here because it's all about doing better and obeying the law. And that's who the Pharisees were. Now we see there's some tension with Jesus. What happens when Jesus starts to hang out? They, they hate this with tax collectors and sinners. Those are law disobeyers. What are you doing? Jesus, they, they even missed that God's son was right there in front of them. And, and what does Jesus do? He heals on the Sabbath. On Sunday, Jesus, you're not supposed to do that on Sunday. Can you be totally blind to Jesus? I don't think the Pharisees heard John, God's messenger, in the wilderness that day. And then we had the Sadducees. Now, if you're a pastor, you have to say they were sad. You see, yeah, it's contractually obligated to say that. Uh, I don't know why, but they really honestly weren't that sad. You see, Sadducees were different than Pharisees. They, they loved the church. They loved temple. Now, they honestly, I don't know how sad they were. They were pretty high up in society, Jews. They were well off, but they loved Sunday. Pretty hypocritical during the week, 
but if I just get to church on Sunday, that's who they were. These are the Sadducees. And, and I don't think that they heard John's message that day as well. And you know why? Even John responds to them. What does he say? He calls them out. You brood of vipers. You brood of snakes. Don't tell me that you're safe just because you're family heritage, because you're not. There's no fruit in your life. There's no evidence that you've really repented, that you've, you've given your life to God. There, there, you can't see that. And then there's a third group. There's a third group, but they're not even there. They're the people that, that heard about there's something going on in the wilderness. Eh, I, I got stuff going on. These are the people that, that, that don't even show up. That in a world full of, it's a, it was a tough place back then. They said, you know what? I know things are hard. I know things are difficult, but I'm just going to get by as, as best that I can you know what, let's just try to have a good time, make the best of this situation. Let's just, let's just try to, to get by. And hey, you know what, I just don't have time for that, that, that God thing. You know, I'm just kind of giving up on that. And that's who was there. Obviously, they didn't hear the message because they weren't, they weren't there. And then there's this fourth group. There's this fourth group. Now, I want you to turn to a couple other places real quick. We're going to take a look and see how cool the Bible is. Uh, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah Chapter 40, and I want you to put your finger there, and I want you to go to Lamentations. It's just a couple of books over, Lamentations. Now, to understand what's happening and who this, this other group is, I've got to give you a little history. The people of God, the people of Israel, they at one time had a covenant with God. They were God's people. The phrase I love is, you will be my people and I will be your God. We're going to have this covenant relationship together. And you will serve me, you will love me with all your, your heart, with all your, your mind, with all your strength. You'll follow me. And what God would do, he protected them. He watched over them. He gave them a place, this promised land to live. And it was a great time. But something happened. What, what always happens? We mess it up. And, and God's people turned their back on him. And they started to chase after other gods. Now, it gets really personal for God here. If you look at the language, it, it's, you know, you see Israel kind of is referred to as, as a she, the church, the bride of Christ. It's almost this feeling of someone who has been unfaithful, that Israel has been unfaithful to God. And our God, I have to tell you, is, an unje is a jealous God. He's a graceful God, but he is a jealous God. He is not satisfied with being second best in life. And constantly God is saying, You're, you've left the covenant, you, you've broken covenant, you're chasing after things, and, and, and basically people continue to turn their back on him. And, and, and God sends this prophet, Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet, tough, tough nickname to have. And what does Jeremiah tell the people? He basically says, this is a message from God, you're at the crossroads. If you keep going this direction, it's going to send you to destruction. It's going to send you to your death. Choose the godly way. And what did they say? We don't care. We choose our way anyway. And finally, what does God do? God says, okay. Okay. You can go your way. And he allows them to be captured. He allows them to be, the, the city to be ransacked and the temple to be burned 
and them to be taken prisoner by Babylon. And they experience what exile is life. Life without God, without that protection, without that, the love, without that presence of God in their midst that they, they took for granted for so long. And they begin to experience the depths of pain and, and, and loneliness and guilt and shame. And if you look at the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, it's tough to read. It is God saying, you turned your back on me. I was your God. I, I was there for you. And you broke covenant. You sinned. And your sin has left you and has taken you to this place. And here you are. And you're at, you're at rock bottom. You are at rock bottom. And that's where the first 39 chapters are. And then Lamentations. This book, it's a couple chapters. This book a little bit away from Isaiah. Lamentations and Isaiah are written about the same time. Now, Lamentations, just, just look at some of the things. This is some of the writings of the people when they're at rock bottom, at this desperate, lonely place. What, what are some of the things that, 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 that they say, these songs? Now, I've got to tell you, these are not, if you're familiar with songs, these are not, uh, it kind of feels a little bit like breakup songs, okay? But these aren't like Alanis Morissette, I'm angry breakups songs, okay? I don't know if you can get that reference. Or Taylor Swift uh, Shake It Off references, okay? This is I can't live if living is without you kind of reference here. This is like I'm at the ultimate, this is my fault. This is a, I, when you suddenly realize it's you, it's, it's you. It's, it's not him. It's you. It's not her. It's, it's me. And this is what Lamentations, this is the, the background. And listen to some of the, the verses here in Lamentations. Lamentations 1, 1 through 2. Jerusalem, once so full of people, is now deserted. She who was once great among the nations now sits alone like a widow. Once the queen of all the earth, she is now a slave. She sobs through the night. Tears stream down her cheeks. Among all her lovers, there was no one left to comfort her. There's no one there. She's alone. You are alone. No one left to comfort her. Lamentations 1.9, she defiled herself with immorality and gave no thought to her future. She lies in the gutter with no one to lift her out. There's no one there to comfort her. Lamentations 1, 16 through 17, for all these things I weep. Tears flow down my cheeks. No one is here to comfort me. Any who might encourage me are far away. My children have no future. The enemy has conquered us. Jerusalem reaches out for help, but no one comforts her. Lamentations 1, 20 through 21. Lord, see my anguish. My heart is broken and my soul despairs, for I have rebelled against you. In the streets, the sword kills, and at home there is only death. Others heard my groans, but no one has turned to comfort me. Total exile and separation. When you are at that place where it, you, this is total brokenness here, total brokenness, and God allows that. And can I tell you, I, I just, I don't know if this, this is not really epiphany, but this is kind of, I think, is a kind of a picture, a, a microcosm of, of what hell is like. Separation from God. Exile eternally from God. 
That's, that's, that's what's happening. When we're, that's what hell is like. It's total separation from him. So what is the answer? What is the reply? We've got tons of, of this throughout the, whole, the Old Testament. Then we turn over to Isaiah 40. This is beautiful. The same exact times, what, what's coming out after this time of just being at the bottom, rock bottom, where the movie's over, the hero is dead, there is no hope for the future. Then we get Isaiah 40. And what does it say? Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly, Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountain and, and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. Down to verse 9. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah. Who? Your God is coming. He's back, baby. He doesn't give up on you. Sometimes he allows us to be totally broken to the ends of ourselves. And I have to tell you, I have to confess today, if you're here today and relationship and with God is about a list of moral rights and wrongs, you cannot hear John's message today. If you are like the Sadducees, and it's all about, let's just come to church more. And then the rest of the week just looks totally different. It's all about the temple and church. You cannot hear God's message today. Obviously, if you're not here, you can't hear God's message. And you basically have said, you know what? I'm just going to live life, and it's rough, but I'm just going to get by. I'm just going to just, let's just muffle as much as we can. Let's just try to feel good as, as much as we can through the hurts. Let's just try to uh, just numb ourselves even. Let's just have a good time and just forget. Then you can't hear God's message today because the message is only for those who are totally broken and are so desperate for God to do something new and fresh in their life. And what is the message he says? There's two things he tells. What does John tell us? It's repent. Repent you got to turn around. Repent and be baptized. Turn around. This is not a message of, you just got to be better. Just, just put a Band-Aid on it. Just be a little better. You can be, you know, if you just add this in your life, you'll be a better person. That's not this message. That's not God's message. You were lost. You were at the bottom. I was at the bottom. We were broken. And if you haven't found that place, I don't know if you can fully understand the good news that God has for us, that our sin has put us there. And he's telling us, turn around. Don't just, you got to go another direction. And that's what the beauty of baptism is. That life is gone. I'm dead. I'm dead to it. 
and I've turned around, and I'm going another way, and my life is totally yours now, God. I repent, and I, Lord, forgive me. I am a sinner, and I am in need of your grace, and it's not just about this moment. It's about forever, that I will follow you wherever that leads. What's the other part of that message? Prepare the way. Prepare the way. Confession today, I let pride get in my way of what God has for me. I let busyness get in the way of what God has. Prepare the way. Smooth out the road. What are the things that are in your way from hearing God so clearly in your life? He wants to speak to you in a new way. Do you remember a time in your life that things were so, you felt so close to God? You felt so near to him. And now it just is like in the routine of life, and it's just the way it is. I don't know about you. I want something fresh and new from the Lord. And I don't want it just sparingly. I want it all the time. And I want it for you. I want it for us. And it's only found when we are broken and we get to the place that we're so desperate for him. And we've got to live in that beautiful, beautiful tension. If you bow your heads this morning, worship band's coming. And maybe today you can say, I... The Lord has spoken to me, and I know, I know that I need to repent. I need to confess this morning. I need to go to God and say, God, I am so desperate for you. I, the, my, the sin, the, the guilt, the, I just know that I am at that place of, of, of rock bottom. I know the reason I'm there is because of me and my choices. And I am in desperate need of a Savior. A God that does not give up, that has been pursuing you all of your life, whose grace is sufficient for you today. There's not a person in this room that has sinned too much, that has outsinned the grace of God. And you need to say, God, I surrender. I don't just give you some, I give you all. I surrender my life to you. I will go to the ends of the earth, to the wilderness, to find you. And if you're at that place this morning, there's hope, my friend. Our God is there, and he wants to give you his love and his grace. Just pour out into your life today. It starts with a prayer of God, of just confessing to him, asking for forgiveness, and then following him. And maybe you're today, you're at that place that you just, maybe you feel like me. The things that are just kind of in, sometimes in a rut. And you want a fresh anointing of our God in your life. If that's you today, oh, God is, is waiting. He wants to give that to you. He wants to pour that out in your life. Make the path easy for him to come and do something new in you. If you would stand with us, the, the worship band's going to lead us. And as they do, the altars are open, your seats are open. Pray wherever you'd like. The Lord is here. Let's be obedient.